to the NFL show on the ASI podcast. I am your host, Darren Mar. And at this point, I would normally say I'm joined by Phil Malloy and Dara Lyons, but we had some news to bring you today. Unfortunately, due to work commitments, Dara will not be able to do the podcast anymore. It is a blow, but thankfully, Dara is still going to stick around and he will be doing up the uh, cool graphics that you see on our social media when it comes to game day Sundays. But when the door closes, a window opens... And we are delighted to welcome Jake Woolhead on board and he'll be the third member of this third sandwich. Jake, it's great to have you on board. How are Thanks. you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having us on. Um, I've been really looking forward to this since you asked me. Um, this would break my uh, podcast virginity, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what we're all about here yep. now on the ASO podcast <laughs> is breaking the podcast virginity. And just seeing if you have what it takes. So this will be the test week. If we don't, if you don't hear him uh, next week, you obviously know that he was not good enough for. He was not at the standard of the uh, undefeated podcast. No, actually, well, we are the only undefeated NFL side in this now because a certain Steelers were beaten by a certain Washington football team. Let's go. Oh. Called it all the way, lads. Called it all the way. I even put my money where my mouth is, and I won a bit of cash on it. I got the victory, and I got the margin. So uh, I'm feeling pretty good this week. Feeling pretty good. Well, so I was going to say happy birthday, but it doesn't matter what we would said. The best birthday present was obviously given to you on Monday Absolutely. by that. Uh, we'll get into the game in a little more depth in a few minutes. But, um, Jake, before we move on, we should let everyone know um, of your allegiances uh, before we before we go any further? Yeah, sure. So um, I've been a fan of the NFL for probably about 10 years now. And my first uh, and only team would be the New York Giants, probably for my sins. Um, yeah, this would be... Uh, I had picked the Giants because my uncle is a huge Bears fan. And back when the Giants were playing in the Super Bowl, I was kind of getting into watching the NFL. And I said, who should I put some money on, you know, betting the NFL? He said, uh, uh, Victor Cruz, anytime touchdown. Hakeem Nicks, anytime touchdown. So after winning a bit of money, that was kind of where my allegiance grew. Uh, go with the side that wins you the money. That's a fair, that's an all right way of doing it. Um, I, do have a li- I do have a problem now. Of course, the week that the Giants beat the Seahawks is the week that a Giants fan comes on board, which is just my my good luck um like but hey i'll i'll forget about it for this show uh not just because uh you're a giants fan but we're also teammates so i i let it go we have a, a good show coming up this week with a few interesting topics we're going to be talking about the nfc east and what has happened with a certain giants and washington teams over the weekend we're also going to be discussing the carson Wentz and jalen hurts situation 
after Hertz came in last weekend mid-game and now has been named as the starter for this weekend's game against the Saints. We will also have our predictions in the second half of the show as our prediction contest continues. But we will start, like I said, with the NFC East. And on Sunday, we thought we saw the biggest upset of the season so far when the New York Giants went to Lumen Field and beat the Seahawks 17-12 with backup QB Colt McCoy under center. The Giants scored the majority of their points in the third quarter with two touchdown drives thanks to their rushing game and in particular Wayne Goldman. Uh, this... Uh, uh, the, the, the ball game was actually won on the other side of the ball with a dominant display by the Giants' defense. Russell Wilson uh, was in trouble all game. Russ did not cook too many times. He was holding on to the ball for too long, looking for those big plays, uh, not being able to execute, uh, which was causing uh, multiple sacks, four in total. He seemed to refuse to go for these short seven, five, six, seven-yard games or gains, I should say, to keep the ball moving. Uh, and like I said, allowing the Giants defensive line to sack them and halt any momentum. The Giants have now won five of their last seven games. And on two of those, uh, on two of the games that they've lost, they actually only lost by one and two points respectively. Uh, and in the game against the Bucks, there was a very dodgy non-call and a pass interference uh, for the two-point try, which would have tied at the end of the game. Uh, Jake, I'm going to ask you first, since you are the Giants fan, do you think that the Giants now are finding their way under Joe Judge? Yeah, I would say definitely they've grown from the start of the season. Um, like, even the offensive change under uh, under Garrett. They, um, they were running a lot of, like, hitches and kind of short passes, trying to find out who they were offensively. Um, and then obviously losing Saquon and whatever Saquon, the second or third week obviously hurt the offense. But uh, there was a lot of growing into it. You got to use your player's strengths. And I think that's what Joe Judge has kind of gone on to do. So, for instance, if you want to look at Evan Engram, he's a, a high speed tight end um, with what seems to be stone hands. Um, so, there was no point running uh, hitches with, with a, a fast tight end. So, you put him on like kind of posts and go routes, and he can run past linebackers in, in man coverage. And he seems to find a nice spot in the uh, zone coverage. And then if you even want to look on the other side of the ball with Patrick Graham as the D coordinator, it's a fairly rocky start. We were kind of giving up a lot of third downs. We were very low on that. But uh, if you look at it now, I think we're probably in the ranked top 10 in defenses in the DVOA scoring. So it's definitely been turned around. Um, and it's very encouraging to see after last year with being with Pat Shermer, who seemed to not really give any thought into his uh, game plans. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the game last week kind of epitomized them. They're nothing particularly special on offense, I, I don't think. And that's probably expected missing some big stars like like Saquon. Obviously, Jones, personally, I like as a quarterback. I think he's, he's doing pretty well. So... To have the backup. Colt McCoy is a pretty reasonable backup. He was the backup here in Washington for a while, so we're pretty familiar with him. And he stuck around for a long time, which is usually a good sign as a backup. Uh, obviously, these guys want to be starting, but if you're around on a team for a long time, it kind of shows that you understand offenses pretty well and that the, the coaching staff are pretty happy in case you need to step in. And I really think the strength of this Giants team is the, de is the defense at the moment. Jabril Peppers, I really like. I think he's a fantastic player. He was a great pickup. Uh, I believe he came from the Browns, didn't he? In, in was it this season? Is this his first season, Jake, with, with you guys? Um, he played last season, I think. Last season. Well, he's an he's an excellent player all rounder. Got a huge sack. I saw uh, one of the highlights in the game. So 
Uh, yeah, I think the defense, I'm, I'm not particularly surprised. I think in general, uh, they started off very slow, and we might touch on this later on. And a couple of the teams in the NFC East have started very slow, but definitely there's enough talent there that they, they are now starting to see that reflected in their, in their, um, in their overall performance this year and are starting to beat teams that are in and around the same quality. And if you want to get that eight, that 500 mark, that eight and eight mark or above it, that's what you have to do. They're the really key wins. It's, it's great to beat the Seahawks, but you've got to beat those other five and seven, eight and four teams that are around you. Yeah, I have to agree with you there. Um, especially with your point about the Giants defense, it's been uh, crazy. And if you look, Patrick Graham really likes his versatile players and Jabil Preppers, he kind of does a bit of everything, but a linebacker, strong safety, now a little bit weak in coverage maybe, but he's definitely improved since last year. Um, Are you talking about Jabil Preppers or Jamal Adams here? (laughs) (laughs) It's easy to mix those two players up sometimes. (laughs) I think their defensive line has played pretty well as well, hasn't it, Jake? In fairness, they've, they've, they've been very quietly going about their business pretty well in the last couple of weeks especially. Yeah, definitely. Um, there's a lot of uh, capital put into that defensive line. Uh, Dexter Lawrence, 17th overall pick um, last this year, was it? Uh, got uh, Leonard Williams obviously traded the third and the fifth to the Jets for him. Um, now, our edge rushers, they're not very good. Uh, we recently lost one to IOR for, I think it was a, a tie or something like that. But we seem to be able to scheme guys who can get pressure on it. Um, and we've Seem to have a lot of younger guys kind of coming up. There was a, a linebacker there, Nico Lalos from Dartmouth. He's a rookie. He has two consecutive games with some uh, coming up with some balls and an uh, interception and a fumble recovery as well. So it's definitely encouraging signs there for the Giants' defense. Yeah, and he's being marshaled, but the whole defense is being a marshal play called by Blake Martinez, who I think has been quite a stud, a middle linebacker for. For the Giants, since I think he had his free agent move, was it this off season from Green Bay? Mm-hmm. It was, he was outstanding yeah. for Green Bay as well. I'm surprised they let him go. He's a tackling machine in the middle. Of- Sorry, I think a lot of um, a lot of Packers fans were saying that a lot of his tackles were kind of beyond the line of scrimmage, so they were probably eight or nine yards. But I think that was kind of due to the scheme that they're running defensively. It was it relied a lot on their edge rushers and stuff. So he was kind of doing a lot of the cleanup work, which I mean, it's probably not his best skill set. He's very aggressive and he's a great tackler and he's runs from side to side, no problem. Brilliant. Yeah, and I want to get uh, your guys' take on the Seahawks side of things because it's been touted, obviously, Sunday was the worst game of Russell Wilson's career, as it's being said. But from obviously paying attention to Seahawks media, quite following, I should say, the team quite closely over the last number of years, we, we seem to be saying that about Russell Wilson once a season, at least. But this game in particular was on Russ. Um, like I said earlier, he held onto the ball for way too long looking for big plays. If Russ was cooking, holding onto the ball for too long is like keeping the food in the oven. It's going to burn. You know, the turnovers I wouldn't necessarily put on him, a botch snap, and then a throw that goes through Carson's hands, then hits him on the helmet, and then is intercepted. Although there was a throw later on um, in, that, in that last drive to try win the game that actually should have been intercepted, that he totally overthrew. Um, it could possibly, you could possibly blame maybe the route, the route runner. But the narrative has been this season as well around Russell Wilson that he's never received an MVP vote. That narrative will continue next season because his MVP race is, is done. 
It, this game was didn't do it. it. It was the consecutive losses in a row and consecutive games with multiple turnovers that did affirm for sure. But, you know, this was a game that Seahawks looked at and said this should have been a win to sort of help them uh, go looking at the number one seed and getting that obviously vital buy for the playoffs. But now with this loss particularly, I think that the, any hopes of a number one seed is totally gone and they just now have to focus on getting uh, winning the division. Yeah, I agree with you. I think in fairness to, to the Seahawks, we've said before that, especially in those two game losses, especially the first game in particular, we were going, ah, look, it's difficult to win every game in the NFL. It's not such a bad loss. I wouldn't be too worried about it. But this loss to the, to the Giants, well, while we said the Giants are not as bad as they probably got the reputation for, as most of the NFC East got the reputation for, uh, it's one of those, if they're a gritty team and they're the type of teams that if you're expecting a playoff push, that you really want to see your team beat because the reality is those playoff games are going to be gritty, tough games that you're going to need to battle and overcome little things going wrong within the game to go and win it. And in a sense, I think that game against the Giants was a little bit of a foreshadowing of what's to come in the playoffs. You guys are definitely going to make the playoffs, but how easy a road it's going to be. And if you have to start struggling through some of those lower seed teams and not get that first seed by, it's going to be a lot more difficult. And I would be a lot more worried about those games now having seen the performance last week. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. Um, it's definitely some teams you, you have to beat. But I even I texted one of my friends who's a Seahawks fan during the week and I said this is literally like the definition of a trap game for the Seahawks. There was no reason the Seahawks should have only been able to put up well, what was it, 10 points offensively because there was a safety. That, like Russell Wilson, uh, he's probably the best quarterback. He's top three or something like that. So letting Russ cook, you should do it. I think every quarterback gets a pass maybe once or twice a year, especially at Russell's level. You can't always play that way. Um, the, but the Giants' defense is something to be worried about, I think. And even uh, in Pete Carroll's post-conference, after he watched the tape, he had said, I'm not going to tell you what I think is wrong because then if the Giants have to face the Seahawks in the playoffs, then he'd be giving away what he'd be trying to fix. Yeah, which is definitely a real possibility. I think this sort of stems back for um, the, sort of the Vikings game earlier on in the season. And Mike Zimmer played a quite a, a simple cover two man defense. And the two, the two, sa- the two safeties... Staying in coverage really upset Rush and Russ, and having the guys play man to man with with his wideouts or his tight ends, they they struggle to get separation. And obviously, you have DK's pace, but if you have a safety in the back there looking after things as well, it's going to make things difficult. So, and I think we saw a, a bit of that, especially on on Sunday with the Giants too. I just let the they just rushed four. Sometimes, obviously, they threw a few blitzes in there, but the four were getting through on the offensive line, no problem at all. For an offensive line as well that started the season so well, I think um, they were missing their first, second choice, and then their third choice, right tackle, went down in the middle of the game too, with Pitt playing uh, Chad Wheeler, who guy who they picked up off the street, and he looked like a guy who was picked up off the street for sure. He was getting pushed over uh, every play by that too. And I think th- there was just a few, blo- a lot of blown coverages in, in the offensive line as well. Um, so 
I think there's a few things to work on. Like I said, it, it, it's a real possibility that they these two could face each other now in in the playoffs. No, especially. sorry, no, 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 it's not a real possibility. The Giants have no hope of making the <laughs> <laughs> Well, now that you mentioned it, well, we'll leave it at that and we'll get on to the other team in the NFC East that is vying for that playoff spot. The Washington football team going to Pittsburgh on Monday afternoon and beating them 23 points to 17 after being 14-0 down at one point as well. Uh, Fionn, I don't know what, what you think. Actually, first of all, before actually I let you, I just want to say, the Steelers are defeated. They're 11-1, and I think that we should both take credit for that because last week we both predicted that Washington were going to win. I even said it was going to be my surprise of the week. So let's just take that credit before we get into the game. And then uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about uh, what you thought, about what you saw, I should say, on Monday. It was a real defensive battle, which is probably not surprising. Two highly ranked defenses in the NFL really pushed the two quarterbacks quite a lot. Uh, ben Roethlisberger changed his style a little bit on what he was been doing the last few weeks. Quick passes, quick slants is what he had been focused on against the Washington football team. He, he seemed to push the ball down the field a little bit. I thought both offenses, probably to do with the defense, looked sloppy. They, there was a lot of drop balls that probably should have been expected to catch. On the Washington side, what was disappointing was for the second touchdown on the Steelers was some terrible tackling having been praised for tackling in the in the previous weeks the week before was a little bit of a warning sign there was not some great tackling last week and then the, the game just gone it was a terrible two missed tackles bad angles he should have been dead to rights four yards past the line of scrimmage instead he takes it all the way for a 40 50 yard touchdown so that'd be a little bit worrying if I'm the Steelers I'm not too worried about that that loss statistically it was more than likely going to happen it was a perfect storm they got messed around last week with the with the Ravens game Washington are feeling themselves we've been slowly catching up staying in the hunt the Eagles dropping off I think has given everyone encouragement to step up and see that this really is for the take in this division uh, our defense is very good the defensive line, although they don't get the sacks that they would like against these really good offensive lines, they do force you to change your game plan, and that's very important. Uh, other than that, we have Alex Smith, who takes what the defense gives him. And when you're playing a really good defense like the Steelers, that's very important. Gets them nice and frustrated. Doesn't let them anything, any rhythm on defense and kind of, give them a sense that they have figured you out. If you, can, if you can just take what they're giving you and check the ball down the field, trust your, your kicker, who hasn't had a brilliant season this year, but he kicked a very important field goal for us. Uh, and Montez Sweat had a monster game. I really, I really like him. He's come on really strong this year. He's playing really well. Opposite Chase Young, it's impossible to, to decide who you're going to double block there on that, on that if you're an offensive line. So... Yeah, I was encouraged. I am encouraged for the Washington team that we can go forward. It'll be a tough test this week, the 5-7 and seven 49ers. That'll be more interesting for me. If we can get a win there, that'll be much bigger, I feel, than this Steelers win. The Steelers win feels like a free, a free game that we got that we weren't expecting to have. Uh, but, of course, with the Giants 
beating the Seahawks, we have we probably would have been hoping that they would lose. So uh, it's not completely to our advantage, but hopefully next week will really tell us where this team stands and whether we can make a proper push for this division. Yeah, definitely. Um, the Washington football team has just been sneaky good. Um, but like what you said, the defense, they're very similar to the Giants. Uh, very strong defense and a, an offense that is, it can, can do better save. But I think that the football team's D-line is very similar to the Giants with a lot better edge rusher, obviously, Chase Young. Um, they put a lot of, lot of work in that D-line. It really shows sometimes when they can get into the backfield, tackles for losses and sacks and stuff like that. It's just incredible but I think one of the big turning points for the Steelers was missing Dupree obviously he had an ACL tear last week and I think that really showed for the the, the Redskins or sorry the Steelers um, they really missed Dupree I think and then I think Mike Tomlin had a very few strange calls I would say uh, like thrown deep on fourth down when you've got like I mean a decent uh, offensive line and you could probably get one yard or two yards if you need to I, or you can get Juju Smith on a small slant or something like that I think there was a lot better calls to do um, but I think that game was an interesting one uh, I think you're right it was a free one you weren't expecting to win it but it was the same with the Giants and the Seahawks uh, it's going to be a weird race for the NFC least to get to the playoffs I think uh, if the Giants get to the playoff I seen a thing the other day it was the first team to start 0-5 and reach the playoffs ever in the NFL and that would be pretty crazy I think as a as a Washington fan in our recent run of form uh, I will be hoping that we have this division sealed before the last game of the season traditionally if it's a win and you're in scenario we do not perform very well <laughs> especially the I remember the last three seasons in a row we've had Win and you're not last season, but two seasons prior to that, we had a win and you're in both against the Giants, both in the last game of the season, both with the Giants already out of contention, and we still managed to lose those games. So, oh, I remember I'm a little bit nervous. Uh, I'm hoping we can wrap it up. The Giants take a little stumble now in the weeks coming up and give us a, a two game cushion to play with, but. Uh, I won't be holding my breath just in case because I feel like I might pass out. If I my breath, I yeah, I remember the last season we were out of contention. It was affectionately called the Chase Young Bowl because mm-hmm. uh, whoever lost that game basically got Chase Young. Obviously, we didn't. We took Andrew Thomas. He ended up started very shaky and then uh, ended up he's quite strong at the minute. Um, but yeah, I think I'm glad that we pay, played the, the football team at the start of the season and when we did because I think if we played them now with the way uh, division games go it would be a lot tighter mm-hmm. I do I, look I'm a Washington fan but I do believe that Washington has the better squad overall they're the better football team of the two so I think they deserve to win the division how far they would go in the playoffs is another story altogether like I mentioned I think the 49ers game will tell us a lot about this team uh, but that's just my opinion. I imagine Jake probably does not agree with me on that particular point. I definitely do not agree with you. <laughs> I think the Giants' defense is probably a little bit stronger, in my opinion. Stop. But Stop, yeah, Jake. I think so. Jake, I you think just so. said you don't have any edge rushers, and we yeah. have the best in the league at the moment. We, yeah, you've got the best two edge rushers in the league, but who else have you got in your defense? It takes 11 players on the defense. Cameron you've got Curl, a good D-line. strong at safety. Yeah. Ronald Darby the best corner that the Eagles had last year. 
Yeah. And wonderfully, we're the number one pass defense in the league, Jake. You can't. That doesn't mean the Giants are ahead of them. That means there's no one ahead of them. We are. Realize that. I do, but I think the Giants are very well coached on defense, and you've got some uh, players playing at Pro Bowl levels. Leonard Williams, you you got a. James Bradbury, who's been an excellent pickup for cornerback, he's de- I think he's the top in takeaways or, or passes uh, by, by the way. We've got Jabril Peppers playing extremely well. Logan Ryan playing extremely well. We've got, I think we've got a very solid D-line and good defensive backs, but we've only really got Blake Martinez in the middle. The rest of them are kind of younger guys, no-name guys, but they're definitely playing quite well, playing way above what they should be playing anyway. Well, I'm just about finished my popcorn after sitting back and <laughs> listening to all that. It's great. Uh, I, I guess I'm just I'm the deciding vote on this. And for me, I look at it with two teams, and I I feel that the Washington football team have the better offense. But I do I I'm sorry, but I do believe yeah that the Giants all around eleven men on the field have the better defense. Look, I know that obviously Daniel Jones is out at the moment and so is Saquon Barkley. And maybe when they come back, it's a different story. But looking at it right now, it's just, I'd still rather trust, you know, uh, Antonio Gibson and Alex Smith over Wayne Gallman and Colt McCoy. Leave the gall train out of this. <laughs> <laughs> but again, no, I'm not completely disagree with you. I mean, I understand you can have your reservations about Jones. Obviously, he has the, the turnover issue. Loses the balls quite a bit. Um, but again, I'm not sure where I feel like the football team is going to do at their, their quarterback spot. Do you keep Alex Smith? I mean, he's the Absolutely. ultimate game manager. Absolutely. He's the best, by far the best quarterback we have on this squad. You can see it when he holds the ball in his hand. He gets the ball out quickly when it needs to come out, and he takes his time when he needs to take his time. Look, he's been out of the game a long time. There's going to be some turnovers. He will take those checkdowns. It is not the nicest football to watch in the world, but he has shown that it wins games. We could win nothing. And then all of a sudden he came in and we've had two huge wins since he came in. So uh, for sure, I think he is the best quarterback on this squad at the moment. Yeah, he's I, in our quarterback. yeah I agree with you. I'm not sure what you do with, with Haskins, though. I, I can't imagine people are, are vying to jump up and try to take Haskins away from you. Um, but... And then maybe he grows, learns a little bit. But what I like about Alex Smith is what you said earlier. He takes what the defense gives you. But from what I've seen, he's not afraid to take the big shots when he needs to too as well. And he's he's fairly accurate with them. Did anybody else's heart skip a beat a little bit on that game on Monday when the camera zoomed in on his leg, a bloody mess? <laughs> mm-hmm. That was the yeah, one absolutely. part I missed. Yeah. Thankfully, thankfully, the commentator very quickly said that is not his bad leg. <laughs> <laughs> they had to make sure they got that in straight away. No, it's not the bad leg. <laughs> yeah, no, look, that's it. I think you're right, Fiona. I think you keep going with Alex Smith for sure. Like where you guys are in opposition in the draft anyway. I don't know. Is there any quarterback there in the draft that would has a better upside than Alex Smith at where you, at where you are, obviously, because you're mm-hmm. not going to be getting a Trevor Lawrence, and I don't think you'd be in a position to get Justin Fields at, at your position currently either. So I think, yeah, it's best thing to to stick with uh, Alex Smith. And for Dwayne Haskins, I think it, it's up to him. Does he want his career to be back up? Or I can't see any team that would want to take a punt on him. I think, I think it's worth remembering with Haskins. He got one year as a starter in college. I don't even know if he's played 
16 games yet in the NFL. One entire season broken up over the last two seasons. So he has a lot of growing to do. I don't have any problem keeping him on the roster, keeping him around, letting him get trained up. I do believe that in an ideal scenario, he still would be in that position if we didn't have all the injuries. I think he would be the backup. Um, but for me, like you said, there's a who in the draft could we get that has a higher upside than Alex Smith? And I think based on his past performance, his upside is obviously quite high. And where he is at the moment, I don't believe he regresses from here. I think this is the minimum Alex Smith that we're going to get. Uh, and I'm very happy with it. If he controls the game, doesn't make too many decisions. Maybe I'm just blinded from the fact that watching the, the Washington football team for the last four or five years under Kirk Cousins, yeah. all the quarterback changes where terrible, terrible mistakes just... You were praying the quarterback didn't have a bad game, not that he would have a good game. And when you live like that, having someone who's a check down, safe ball handler, time management, game manager, oh, it's like sweet relief. Oh, you just know, like, look, he's not going to make too many mistakes. We're going to be in this game. We're not going to get blown out too far. We'll score a few points and we'll have a chance. So, yeah, no, I agree. But as what I was saying in the future, I mean, Alex Smith's 36 years old. I mean, how long are you going to give him before you try well, to draft a quarterback? like seven years if you go on the Brady curve. <laughs> yeah, not definitely not an outlier. Give him a five-year extension curve. right now. Let's go. <laughs> but, um, well, Haskins, I mean, I, I didn't like Haskins coming up to the draft. A lot of people were drafting him to the Giants at the time. Um, I didn't like him. I don't know if you have heard any of the stories with his dad or anything like that. Some, some strange stories. His dad, like, basically runs his life. And for a draft party, he organized a party that everybody had to buy tickets to go to and stuff. And I think oh. there was a game either this season or, or last season where the Redskins were basically being blown out with Dwayne Haskins as a starter. And he was bragging to his teammates about how many passing yards he had. Yes, I did hear that all right. Also, the, the game, the last game he played uh, at the, the two-minute warning, last few plays of the game, I believe it was two-minute warning, fourth down. And uh, he did not throw the ball in the end zone. And I think Ron Rivera was not happy with that. He was expecting that ball to go in there, even if, if it I remember that play. Up, so It was so. basically, he called the fourth down pass because he wanted to see whether Haskins would throw the check down or throw it into the end zone. Obviously, at the end yeah. of the game, you need to throw it into the end zone. Mm -hmm. um, and then there was one other thing that I seen this season, I think it was, where, what was it, Haskins... Um, he was off. He scored a touchdown, and he was off the field celebrating. And they end up having to send in um, your backup quarterback to take uh, the knee or something after. But that was yeah. for, that yeah. was like yeah. first win of his career or something like that, wasn't it? I, was, I thought yeah. it was the season now, but yeah, it was the first NFL win of his career. Right, um, right. He did get a win last season. Was it wasn't it this season? Okay, I think I don't know. Um, but let's go. Just want a quick note on the Steelers before we move on to. Our next topic, I don't know about you guys, but I thought that the Steelers really flattered to deceive in this whole game. Um, not just obviously in the second half where they only scored three points. Were they a little found out passing? Like you can't ask a thirty-eight-year-old Ben Roethlisberger who's just off elbow surgery to be throwing the ball fifty times a game, and they can't seem to establish the run either. They didn't have it. They couldn't do it when 
um, James Conner was even in the team too. He he had, I think the the stats flattered to deceive a little bit because I think he opened up with the with at least one run a game where he had a, maybe a thirty or forty yard run, and that added to like maybe you know sixteen attempts for thirty yards, and everyone thought he had a great game. I don't know what what, what do you think? Um, uh, yeah, no, I think the Steelers, in my opinion, are a bit of kind of pretenders. They played a fairly light schedule, and um, I just don't think they really should have been unbeaten, even up to the Redskins, or sorry, the football team. Um, I think they definitely played a light schedule, and they really got the favour from that. Um, but that's just my opinion on them. But I'm going to disagree with you guys. I think they are a good team, and a good team wins at the end of the day. It's not particularly flashy. Uh, like I mentioned before, they were playing a very good defence, that doesn't allow a lot of yards. They had some drops from players that don't normally give them drops. A lot of balls over the middle that were dropped that would have converted first downs uh, when they really needed them right at the start of the game to get rolling. I believe if they'd have got that first quarter going and got to 21 points, uh, they, they would have ran away with the game easily. I don't think the, the football team would have had enough in them to even start to come back at that point. But I think if you get to 11 and all, I don't know if you can blame the whole 11 on out on their schedule. The reality is they're playing in the NFL uh, and they beat the Baltimore Ravens twice this season who are, by everyone's account, a really good football team. So, but, but yeah. actually, sorry, while, while you mentioned the schedule, let me just quickly run through the schedule. And yeah, I was going what to say the same, so yeah. They started, obviously, at, at the Giants. First game under a new coach, no off-season practices or anything like that. New coaches are going to struggle. The more you know, the more experienced teams are always going to win that game. Then they go to De- then they play Denver at home. They beat them, uh, qu- not convincingly, only quite a close game. Uh, they then go and face uh, the Houston Texans, who were a mess at that point as well. Too, they face Philadelphia. We all know the troubles that Philadelphia are having at the moment. They have a good performance against the Browns. Play very well. Beat beat them quite convincingly. They then go to Tennessee, where they are leading, I think, by 27-7 to 7 at one point, and they almost threw it away uh, to win at the end of the game. They then go to Baltimore, the same thing. They go up high early, and they almost threw it away at the end of the game as well. Then they go to Dallas. They barely scraped through against, who was it? Was it Ben Benucci? Benucci, yeah. Name? Yeah, uh, who was playing quarterback for Dallas at the time. They face Cincinnati, Cincinnati or Cincinnati. Uh, they face... The, then they go and they play the Jackson Jaguars, 1-11. Then they go and face the COVID-hit Baltimore Ravens for the second time, and they're in a very close game up to the very last minute against RG3 and then, what was it, Todd McShirley? Um, oh, it was, no, it's uh, Chase McSorley. Chase McSorley, Chase, State quarterback. Sorry, yeah, sorry. He, he sounds like one of the uh, characters uh, from uh, Duffland. You know, <laughs> but, uh, and then obviously on Monday night, uh, they lost to uh, the Washington football team. So I think they have had a bit, I think a flatter to deceive, I don't think is that far of a... Of a... Oh, I, I suppose you're right, but if we look at another team that has a similar schedule against a similar strength of team and had a lot of close games, and they're sitting at three and nine, and that's the Los Angeles Chargers, how many times did we see them have heartbreaking losses? And yeah. okay... 
Are you worried about the Pittsburgh Steelers not going and putting 40 on people? Yeah, maybe. But the reality is all those games you just listed, bar the Washington game, ended in a W. And if you're on an American football team, that's the most important stat at the end of the day. So for me, actually, it's a promising sign in that those gritty games where you're behind, you should have been beating this team, there's disarray all over the place, and you can grind out that win. That, for me, is promising. In the in the playoffs, yeah, um, I, I I do. Bearing in mind, I did also predict that the Steelers would make it into the playoffs and immediately lose their first playoff game. That was my hot take, if you remember. <laughs> I was just going to mention. So I'm going to stand by that. Take, yes, <laughs> that is your hot take, and you're right. And look, we're going to see. You know, I I don't think myself this is going to be their only loss of the season. Their their next their last four games is at Buffalo, at the Bengals, you know, at home to Indianapolis and at Cleveland. But do you think Cleveland Look, can catch them? I think they can. I think that um, I think that last game at Cleveland will be for the division. I think that they can catch them. I I I think. Look, I'm obviously giving a, a spoiler alert to our predictions later on, but I think they're going to lose to Buffalo this week. They could, I think they'll scrape through against the Bengals. Well, not scrape through. I think that they'll win quite handily against the Bengals. I can see them losing that game against the Colts. And then it comes down to Browns uh, having to travel to Cleveland to face the Browns to see who's going to win that division. Okay, that's it's not an impossible scenario. Me personally, I think there are too many games ahead now for the for the Cleveland Browns to catch up. I do, however, like Baker Mayfield's streak at the moment. He's playing pretty well. I like it's him. Pretty hard, His attitude. He's a tough player. He wins you those games. Uh, another team that maybe you could have argued flattered to deceive at that's at the start of the season, but again, they're sitting at nine and three. A bit like what I was trying to argue for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Look. They played how they played, but the reality is they're sitting at 11-1, and one, and that's really good. So I'm not so sure the Cleveland Browns can catch them, to be honest. I think they're going to make the playoffs in the end. Jake, what do you think? I mean, I could see scenarios where the Browns catch up with them. I mean, the Browns play the Ravens this week, so obviously that's it's going to be a tough matchup, but I, I don't, I'm not liking the way the Ravens are playing at the minute. I think um, if you find out like the quarterback, like Lamar Jackson's... Um, like weakness, which is probably if you have to make him to throw, he's going to make mistakes. I think that's what you have to do for him. So maybe the, the Browns squeak out a win against the Ravens and then, then the Browns play the Giants, which, I mean, it could be a good game for the Giants and they win. Who knows? Then they play the Jets, so that's and there's a win there. So I think there's there's scenarios where they could definitely catch up with them. I think though it will. I'm with you there, Derek. That it's going to come down to the last game against the Steelers and the Browns because the that's where the tiebreaker is going to go if it comes down to to like a draw in the um, standings. So could we say then that this Cleveland Baltimore game is a knockout game? If if Baltimore beats Cleveland, that's the end of their hope. Do you think? I I could definitely see it. To, what Cleveland now nine and three. So if they lose to Baltimore, be nine and four. Steelers probably take. Well, you say they don't win against the Bills. I'm probably with you there. So eleven and two, nine and four. I mean, it. I think it would take the Steelers to probably not win two or three games, and the Browns to probably win two or three games. They'd have to match up on the stands, and then it'll come down to the last week. And again, yeah, you are obviously looking at. Baltimore over your shoulder as well. Obviously, their their win 
um, last night against uh, against the against the Cowboys obviously puts their uh, puts them in an interesting position too. So because they are now, I think they are seven and five now. They're sitting at seven and five seven right and now. Five. Yeah. So you know they they win out. That's eleven and five. You know maybe it's probably not enough to win the division, but it could take away the a wild card spot for uh, the Cleveland Browns. So they they do need to pretty much they they might need to to win out as well. Yeah. Well, the interesting star here. The game is in Cleveland, and this year Baltimore are four and two away from home, only three and three at home. So at least they're playing in their preferred venue, which is not their own venue. Yeah, and then like that, uh, Sorry, Jay, go ahead. I was just gonna say I don't think it's gonna it's gonna be a close one. I think it's gonna be one side blows out the other side. I'm not sure which side, but. Division games tend to be mad, but I definitely don't think it's going to be a game that's won by two points or three points. Um, I think either the Browns take away Lamar's uh, run game and then force him to pass. And then, you, I mean, Denzel Ward, Miles Garrett is going to come after him. Denzel Ward maybe picks off a ball or something. Um, I just don't, I, I don't have faith in Lamar Jackson personally, but um, I think it's either the Ravens find their feet again and absolutely run all over the Browns. Or the Browns take away Lamar's strength or weakness and our strength, sorry, and force him to play on his weakness. Well, I tell you what, you have up until the second half of this show to decide which one you're <laughs> going to go for when we get into our predictions. But we'll move on, and we're actually going. This is a pretty NFC East heavy show today because we're going to stay with the NFC East and we're going to go to over to Philadelphia and the Eagles, who are in a lot of trouble at the moment. Another loss at the weekend against the Packers, another game where Carson Wentz did not play well at all. But Doug Peterson finally made the decision to take Carson Wentz out. He brought Jalen Hurts in. Hurts himself actually threw for a touchdown in that game, threw a few nice balls too. Yeah. Carson Wentz struggled a lot in that game, only had 79 yards in the first uh, three quarters. Guys, what do you think? I'm going to start actually with you, Jake, on this. Do you think it's the right move to bring in Hurts for wins. Yeah, definitely. I think there's I mean you have to see what you have in Hurts. The like if you are drafting high and you've already got a quarterback that you drafted quite high, I mean it doesn't hurt to find out what you have in him. I don't think Hurts is gonna be the answer, but I mean it doesn't hurt to find out. I definitely think they they probably even should have made that move a little bit sooner, but you know, better late than never. Yeah, I think we talked about this a little bit in last week's show. It's tough. I think this is a move by Peterson to try and save his job and do what he feels is expected of him. I personally don't know what the advantage is. You've got to pay Wentz an enormous amount of money. Again, you don't know what you have in Hurts. He seemed to play pretty well in what he got last week, but there has been no real hype about him, either in the season in the, the small preseason that they had or in the season leading up to now, which would suggest to me that he has not necessarily set practice alight, that it has taken until three, four games to the end of the season for the Philadelphia fans and organizations to make this move. Um, so I'm not so sure. It, it will probably benefit Hertz's development for sure. So I think you, d- you don't lose much in terms of uh, playing ability necessarily, but I think as the Eagles organization, 
you use you lose a whole lot in terms of what you could be giving up if Hertz beats out Wentz and you have that massive contract on your books and a huge headache as to what to do with it. I think either way you're gonna have Wentz's contract to deal with. So why not find out what you got in Hertz before you have to deal with it? Because if they don't think Wentz is their guy or they get a new coaching staff and there's a new GM and the GM wants to pick a new quarterback, it's not gonna Hertz or, or Wentz is gonna go. Now Wentz has a thirty-four million dollar trade or cap hit if they trade him. I don't know how that worked out, but Wentz really signed a good deal. Um I think my fear is Hertz is basically just going to be a gadget player. He's like diet Lamar Jackson. I mean, I think as well that uh, with rookie quarterbacks that come in that have legs and a nice arm, there's no footage on them, especially with no preseason. So defenses don't tend to know how to defend against it initially. I I agree with you. I think he looked good last week because – the defense had not prepared to see him at all. And he has enough natural talent, as most of these quarterbacks do, to pick apart a defense that's not ready. Uh, but, I mean, next game, they've already announced it. Who are the Eagles going to play next this week? Playing the Saints. Saints. So the Saints have already had nearly a full week to get ready for Hurts yeah. uh, and game plan for that. And I think everyone knows at this point what the game plan is for a rookie quarterback. And that yeah. is show him one thing and be in another thing and make him make a decision while he has the ball in his hand as opposed to before the snap. So it'll be interesting. It'll be a good test from now to see exactly what they have. I think it might be uh, worth a bet to put on a a few takeaways for the Saints defense, maybe Mm -hmm. uh, any time defensive touchdown, I think might be a good shout. I think he's probably going to try scramble a little bit. Maybe the ball pops out, somebody scoop and score or pick six. I think I could see that happening. Yeah, definitely. I, I, like Fionn mentioned, we talked about it before on a previous show, and I did say that now is the time to bring Hertz in because you get to see what he's like for the last few games. If by some miracle they do end up winning this division with Hertz, you get an extra game in, in the playoffs. Anyway, it would only be one game. I can't imagine going any further than that. But look, that's best case scenario. I don't think is going to happen. Like you said, we don't know if Hertz is the guy, but this is a good way to find out if you think he will be. I think they've made their decision now on Wentz. I think that taking him out now at this stage means I don't think he's coming back in uh, with with Philly. Um, Thirty-four million to trade him in dead money next season. Sixty million if they just plain out released him in dead cap money next year. So it would be really, really not a good decision to. Um, to release him, especially with the the rumours that the cap is actually going to go down for next season. So we'll have to see. That, like Best case scenario, Hurts works out. He's going to be your QB going forward and you have the most expensive backup in the league. Worst case scenario is Hurts bombs completely and is actually worse than Wentz and you have to go back with your tail between your legs back to Wentz saying, you come back, please, and try and throw a few balls for us. You know, I think with this decision as well, in the offseason, one or two things is going to happen or will have to happen. You're going to have to either release or trade Wentz or you're going to have to fire Peterson because now it's going to be unsustainable having these two in the same, uh, on the same team together uh, making this decision or after this decision, I should say, this week. Yes, Obviously, I- 
go ahead. Go on there. No, go on, go on. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think uh, it it come down to Hertz's uh, or Hertz's um, the way he plays over the rest of the season. But I could definitely see um, a scenario where Wentz comes back, be it this season or next. I mean, you can't really forget that two years ago he's he's removed from a an MVP level season, taking him to the playoffs and then getting injured. I mean, you can't really forget that. So he still is a player that has a lot of talent, and getting rid of him for a player like Hertz. It's kind of a, a dice roll, in my opinion. Um, but I think uh, I, I've seen a lot of um, a lot of opinions there recently that the Clowney hit on Wentz kind of changed the way Wentz played, whether that's just like a long-term effect from a concussion or something like that. But there was a pretty vicious hit he, he got in the head from uh, Clowney, I think it was last season. Yeah. I think, I think yeah, the, the, the amount of injuries that he's had has really affected him. And I think maybe he's playing... I don't want to say scared, but he's playing a little more cautious than he than he did, obviously, in that almost MVP season. So we'll have to see, but we'll we'll see going forward over the next couple of weeks to see if Jalen Hurts, or even just next week, might only be a one-week thing, we never know, to see how things go with Jalen Hurts uh, as the new quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we are going to be giving our week 14 predictions. So we'll be right back. Third and goal. Pressure to the end zone. He catches it. Does Zach Ertz? Second and goal from the 10. Wilson fires. Hollister touchdown. Garoppolo has time. Stands in. Going deep. Going for it. Oh, and it's caught for the touchdown. On fourth down, Debo Samuel. On a third down, pressure coming. They're going to set up the screen. It's a low throw. What a catch by Elliott. First down. Touchdown. And welcome back to the second part of the NFL show on the Outside Podcast. I'm your host, Darren Marr, joined by Fionn Malloy and Jake Woolhead. Just before we get into our predictions, make sure you are following us on our social media pages. We are at facebook.com forward slash ASI podcast. We're on Instagram at ASI podcast. And then also we're on Twitter at ASI underscore pod. So give us a like, a follow there too. Um, we are going to start our week 14 predictions with the Thursday night football. It's the New England Patriots traveling to Los Angeles to take on the Rams in a repeat of the Super Bowl from two years ago. And Jake, since it's your first show, I'm going to let you give your first prediction on this. Okay, I've got two good ones for this game for you. I'm going Rams minus five and a half. That's the handicap there. Well, that was earlier on when I checked today. And then my other one, which I think is a really good one, is a Cam Newton anytime touchdown. The The Rams have the third ranked rushing defense, but they have allowed 10 rushing touchdowns, which is about midway. So I think they're very susceptible to uh, a quarterback sneak from Cam, keeping the ball, maybe rushing on the outside or something like that. Because I think... Um, that D-line is going to go heavy on the inside to try stop the Obviously, Damian Harris has been playing a pretty good season, so I think Cam has a good touchdown in this game. Yeah, I think the Patriots are very up and down at the moment. They had a very big up last week. The Rams are very good defense. I'm going to take the Rams to win this game. Okay, I'm picking the Patriots as well in this game. Not for anything, just for because I need the Rams to start losing games if I want the Seahawks to win the division. Uh, my hot take also is going quite well because Cam got two more rushing touchdowns last week, meaning he is 
almost certainly going to finish with more rushing touchdowns than Ezekiel Elliott this season. Yeah. Moving on to Sunday's games, and we're going to start with Ezekiel Elliott's Cowboys traveling to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. And I'm going to go first on this one, and I'm actually going to pick the Cincinnati Bengals, and they're going to be my surprise of the week. The Cowboys are already banged up, and they've had to play a game on Tuesday, and they've had to travel back from Baltimore, and they're going to have to travel up to Cincinnati. All this is just a recipe for disaster. And there's also a chance that uh, Joe Mixon could come back, which will help the Bengals too. So I'm going to go for a Bengals win, which is my surprise of the week. Fionn? Yeah, I agree with you. Basically, it's a very impossible decision for me to make. I refuse to take the Cowboys. I've already declared that the Bengals season is over and the organization should shut down for the rest of the year. Uh, so between this rock and a hard place, I prefer to go with the Bengals. They're not a bad team. They're not bad people. So I'm going to take the Bengals to win. I like the Bengals too, but I'm not taking them in this match. <laughs> I take the Cowboys in this one. I think the, with Andy Dalton leading the Cowboys, they've got a decent chance. Um, I, I don't like Zeke either, but I mean, he's still probably at, at least top eight running back. Um, I'm taking the Cowboys to win this one. Okay. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs are traveling to Miami to take on the Dolphins. Uh, Jake, I'm going to let you go first on this one, actually. Yeah, this is going to be my surprise of the week. I feel like somebody's going to kill me for this. I'm taking the Dolphins on this one. Um, the Dolphins have been playing quite well. Um, Tua was banged up a little bit. If he comes back at full strength of this one, I think they could take the Chiefs by surprise. Uh, I'm going to disagree with you here on this one. I don't think the Dolphins' defense is good enough to cope with the Chiefs. I'm going to take Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs in this one. Yeah, it's interesting that the Dolphins, I think in every game this year, have had at least one takeaway. I think that run stops this week. I think Mahomes is too good with the football in his hands. And I think that the Chiefs are going to win this game down in Miami. Obviously, the scene of their Super Bowl success last year. So, you know, they like that stadium for sure. The Tennessee Titans are traveling to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars. Fionn, I'll let you go first on this one. Yeah, the Titans are going to be my lock of the week this week. Uh, the Jaguars are a very poor football team. The Titans are still in the hunt in their division. I'm going to take the Titans. Uh, I'm taking the Titans too, but I don't think Jags are as poor as people put them out to be. I mean, they've scored a lot of points and they're close. I haven't been watching them too closely, I'll admit, so I'm not sure how much of that is garbage time points, but I think they play a lot closer than people realise. That's weird. Uh, anytime I pick the Titans, they lose, and anytime I pick against them, they win. So I hope that one breaks this week because I'm going to go with the Titans to win this game. The Jaguars clearly don't want to win another game this year. They still think they're in the hunt for, for Trevor, so I'm going to go with the Titans win. The Houston Texans are travelling to Chicago to take on the Bears uh, the Bears get to see what could have been with Deshaun Watson. They picked Mitch Trubisky over Watson in the draft, and now they're paying for it. Uh, I know the Bears have a better record, but if you look at both teams, there is a more upside, I think, to the Titans. And uh, They were a bad snap away from winning uh, against the Colts last week, so I am going to go with the Texans to win this game. Fionn? The Bears have been on a really rough slide, and I still don't trust the Texans as a football team. I'm going to bet on the Bears to win this game and try and stop the five-game slide they had. I'm taking uh, the Texans in this one. I think it, it's hard to stop the Sean Watson, um, even though he's going to be missing Will Fuller and stuff. I think J.J. Watt is still an incredible player. I mean, even on the other side, Bears have Khalil Mack. 
but I still I don't have any faith in Mitch Trubisky whatsoever. Okay, the Arizona Cardinals are going to travel to the Meadowlands to take on the New York Giants. Jake, you're the Giants fan. I'll let you go first on this one. I'm taking the Giants. I got to take the Giants. I'm not just being a homer in this one. I think the Giants defensively have a great chance to take the ball out of Murray's hands. Um, obviously, you have Hopkins, but we got Bradbury, and he's been shutting down big-name receivers all year long. So I'm taking the Giants. Yeah, in the same way you have to go for the Giants, I have to go for the Cardinals. The Giants need to start losing games. It'll be a good test for this defense, see how good they, they actually are. This is a good Cardinals offense, as you mentioned. But I'm going to take, and I am going to take the Cardinals to win. I am actually also going for the Cardinals this week. They have not looked great in the last few games. And we talked about earlier that the Giants have been looking better and better as the week's gone on. But I think this game suits the Cardinals a lot more. Murray has struggled, but I think this is a get-right game. The Cardinals also need this win to stay in the wildcard hunt too. So I'm going to go with a Cardinals victory in this one. The Denver Broncos are traveling to Carolina to take on the Panthers. Uh, both, both sides are 4-8. and eight. Broncos ran the Chiefs close last week, but there seems to be some discontent in their camp, especially with a rookie wide receiver, Jerry Judy, sending a now-deleted tweet um, in response to his one-catch game on, the, on Sunday, saying at least he got some conditioning in. So, obviously, things aren't too great around uh, in the camp there, especially with Drew Locke on the centre, and who hasn't looked great at all this year. Panthers look like they're going to have McCaffrey back as well. So, I'm going to go with a Carolina Panthers win on this. Fionn? Yeah, I'll agree with you. I think just based on the quarterback play, the Panthers have the better quarterback. That's usually enough in the NFL to win a close game like this. So I'm going to take the Panthers. I'm taking the Panthers too. I think if McCaffrey comes back, it's a definite Panthers. But I don't think the Broncos have it. They don't have it at quarterback. And their wide receivers, even with Jerry Judy, aren't playing extremely well. By the way, I heard that a McCaffrey return is unlikely due to a quad injury that's popped up. Now a quad injury after shoulder injury. Are they just going to put him on ice for the rest of the season? Kind <laughs> maybe, of in, maybe in bubble wrap. Who knows? Yeah. The Minnesota Vikings are traveling to Tampa to take on the Bucks. Uh, I am going to pick the Bucks in this game. The Vikings barely escaped through against the Jaguars last week. The offense was completely held up by the Jaguars' defense. The, uh, one thing that uh, the Bucks defense do this year well is stop the run and that's what they're going to have to do to stop the Vikings and I think that's what they'll do so I'm going to go with a Bucks win on this Jake yeah I'm taking the Bucks too I think their defense is very strong even though it has not played as well recently but I don't have faith in Kirk Cousins personally I didn't have faith with him when he was at the Redskins and that has not changed on the Vikings I'm taking taking the Bucks yeah, regular listeners will know I do not like Kirk Cousins. The Bucs are going to win this game. The 0-12 New York Jets are traveling to Lewin Field to take on the Seahawks, hoping they can do the same as their New York counterparts, the Giants, did last week. We're going to go first on this one. They're not going to do the same thing last week. Uh, this is going to be my lock of the week. The Seahawks are going to win. Russ needs to play well this week to silence Dowers. I don't know how much you can silence Dowers by winning against an 0-12 side, but he'll try his best. It's going to be interesting with new interim defensive coordinator. Uh, 
Frank Bush, who was the former Lion backers coach, to see what uh, what comes about, especially. Um, hopefully there'll be no zero blitzes on a fourth and ten in the last few seconds to lose a game, but we'll see. Jake, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, you you got to go with the lock of the week with the Seahawks. I think it's you can't even look at the Jets in this game because it's ridiculous. If you even want to mention the zero blitz from the last game, the exact play or two plays before that, they ran the same defensive scheme. And I think it was, was it Aguilar that was completely wide open and Carr overthrew him. So this that was just a terrible call. And I don't think that changes for the Jets this week. Yeah, the Jets are a bad football team. The Seahawks. Got a cupcake game to bounce back from their New Jersey counterparts, not New York counterparts. Uh, yeah, I think the Seahawks are going to win this game. To be fair, I thought Jake was the one who was going to correct me on that one. <laughs> <laughs> the Colts are traveling to Las Vegas to take on the Raiders. Uh, Dion, I'll let you go first on this one. Yeah, I like the Colts. Uh, Darryl, you are not so high on them, but I like them. And I don't like Derek Carr. I'm going to take the Colts to win this game. I'm taking the uh, the Colts too. Um, I'm the same with you. I, I'm not a huge fan of Derek Carr. Um, but I, again, I still also don't like Philip Rivers. But I think the Colts defense has a lot more to offer. And I think the, the, just the, the Raiders don't, don't have it. Yeah, the Raiders seem to be in sort of a weird spot at the moment. They, they lost that crazy game against the Falcons where they were completely blown out. Never looked like they were in the game at all quite poor. They were very poor last week against the Jets too. Like I said, that stupid zero blitz was the only thing that stopped them from, or saved them from losing that game. So I don't know what's gone wrong with the Raiders in the last couple of weeks. I don't think they're going to correct it this week because, like you said, Jake, the Colts have a really good defense and I fancy them more than I do the Raiders' offense. And like that, I, I, I'm, I, can't, I can't trust Phillip Rivers, but... I trust his defense in this game, so I'm going to go with the Colts to win this. The Green Bay Packers are traveling to take, traveling, sorry, to Detroit in a divisional matchup against the Lions. Uh, Fionn, I'll let you go first again on this one. Yeah, this could be a tight game, but Aaron Rodgers, he's an unbelievable quarterback. I think he's a much better quarterback than Matt Stafford. I mentioned before, quarterbacks tend to win games that could be tight. Jake has mentioned today as well that division games are always a bit helter-skelter, but I'm going to take the Packers to win this game. Yeah, if there was any game that could go either way, it's a division game, um, but I don't think Matt Stafford is the guy that's going to turn that around. I think when you've got the Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers, and then you've got Devontae Adams, I think it's almost an unstoppable um, combination. I think they take it, but another small bet you could put on any time touchdown for Devontae Adams. He has scored so many touchdowns. What about my bet of the week will be an Aaron Rodgers rushing touchdown against the Lions. I like it. I like it. Yep. That'll get you a few, Bob. Nice. Nice. That, there's some good ones. Uh, I will have my one come up in a second, actually. I, I, I actually put a few teams in my, in my bet. I didn't know you were just going on one single bet, but... Look, that's my fault for not communicating this, I guess, before we start recording. The Atlanta Falcons are traveling to the LA, to LA, I should say, to take on the Chargers. Jake, I'll let you go first on this one. Um, I think the Chargers take it. Um, I don't think their loss last week to the Patriots are indicative of who they are. I think they have a horrible, horrible special teams unit. 
but I don't think the Falcons are at it. I think the Chargers can take this game from them and bounce back a little bit. Yeah, this is going to be my upset of the week. I'm going to take the Chargers over the Falcons as well. I believe in Herbert. I think he's doing pretty good as a rookie. He deserves more wins than he's got, and I think this week he'll finally grab it. Uh, I think I'm going to go with the Falcons in this game, actually. The Falcons' defense, especially the last couple of weeks, has turned up to play. The offense has left a lot to be desired. They still persist with Todd Gurley, even though he only has one knee at the moment. But I think that the Falcons' defense will do enough to win them this game. Uh, I think, yeah, like I, I like Justin Herbert as well. I, I do believe he deserves more wins. But Anthony Lynn has decided to not only become head coach, but he's going to be special teams coach now um, after the debacle last week. So that's more on his plate. And I think he's just taking a little too much on. And that could be his downfall, especially for this game. So I'm going to go with the Falcons. The New Orleans Saints are traveling to Philadelphia to take on the Jalen Hurts-led Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Jake, I'll actually let you go first on this one. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Saints. Um, as I said earlier on, I think uh, with a little bit of footage on Hurts, I think the Saints defense has a lot of star players that they can take that ball away from. And I think this game is going to be won by the Saints defense being able to shut down Hurts. Yeah, uh, my NFC East division rivals. Don't particularly like the Eagles. Personally, I would love to see the nightmare scenario. That is, Hurts is terrible and you got to go back to Wentz with your cap in hand and beg him to play crap football for you for the rest of the year while paying him $100 million billion. Uh, so I want and hope and take the Saints to win this game. Yeah, that Saints defensive line up against that Eagles offensive line, there's only going to be one winner. Hertz is going to be running for his life. He won't, be throwing, he won't get the chance to throw the ball uh, at all because he'd be too busy uh, running the whole time. I'm going to go with a Saints win on this one as well to win. I don't think now I do think it could, will be a lot closer than people make out because for all that's wrong with the Eagles, they do still have quite a good defense and a good defensive line. And I think they'll get to Taysom Hill a little bit. They they are in a better position to stop him than any other teams have been so far that have faced him while he's been playing quarterback in place of the injured Drew Brees. The Washington football team are traveling to Arizona to take on the 49ers. Fiona, let you go first on this one. Yeah, I mentioned earlier in the show that I think this is a bigger game for us than the Steelers game was. Uh, and I think we can do it. I think we're going to ride the wave with the Steelers win. It's a short turnaround week, but uh, when, when you have a win leading up to it, it's always a bit nicer. So I think the Washington football team will win this game. Um, I think that's a very silly take. Personally, I'm going to go with the Niners on this one. I think... Um, the game plan that is designed is going to be crazy, and I don't think Washington are going to stop that. Um, they're going to do a lot of quick passes, get around them, the Chase Young scenario, but they're going to get past it. And I think even with Nick Bullins, who I'm not a fan of, I think they still take the game and win it. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with the 49ers in this game as well. Oh, I, can't, I can't ride uh, that wave anymore. I'm getting off here now, Fionn. Uh, I'm getting <laughs> off the Washington Express. And I'm stopping in 49erville uh, because I think that 49ers are getting healthier each week. They had a tough loss against the Bills last uh, Monday, but I think it's still going to be... Uh, I still think they have enough with Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk as well as obviously their, their 
the running attack with Raheem Moser to beat the Washington football team. Sunday night football this week is the 11-1 and Steelers traveling to Buffalo to take on the Bills. And I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills on this one. I mentioned it in the earlier part. I think Steelers have been found out a little bit since they can't establish the run. They're making Ben throw 50 passes a game. He can't do that to a 38-year-old. I think his arm can't hold up for that. Uh, Josh Allen looked great on Monday. The whole offense and the Bills is looking great. And I I think the injuries and the Steelers' defense, not just Bud Dupree, like we mentioned, but obviously the Devin Bush is out. And also Joe Hayden went out with a concussion during that game too. I think that the Bills are going to have enough to win this game. Fionn, what do you think? I'm going to disagree with you here. I think the Steelers are going to be keen to bounce back from their loss. It's going to be a very close game. I'm going to take the Steelers to beat the Bills. Um, I, when I was looking at this game earlier, I originally had the Steelers, but I, I flipped and I went with Buffalo now. Um, I, I was never a Josh Allen believer, but I think he's really changed a lot in the, the, this year. Um, and I think that the Buffalo defense is a, a lot stronger than people give it credit for. Okay, and final game of the week will be the Monday night football game. Baltimore Ravens traveling to take on, take on the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Jake, I'll let you go first on this one. Um, yeah, I'm going to take the Ravens. I think um, I, I don't think it's going to be close, as I said earlier. I think that it's going to be a blowout on one side or the other, but I think the Ravens have it in this scenario. Um, if the if the Browns can stop um, Lamar running and escaping, I think then he has to rely on his arm. The Browns could possibly win it that way, but I don't see it happening this way. I think the, the Ravens reestablish their run game and uh, come out on top. I agree. I mentioned the Ravens like playing away from home. This is an away game for them. I think the Ravens beat the Browns. And I think that then eliminates the Browns from putting any pressure on the Steelers in this division. Yeah, it's going to be a clean sweep, actually. I'm going to go with the Ravens on this game as well. They got their running game back to the way they wanted, over 250 yards of rushing on Tuesday night against the uh, Cowboys. I think their defense will be able to stop the run of uh, Cleveland more than Cleveland will be able to stop the Ravens run. So I'm going to go with a Ravens win on this as well. Just so I know you guys mentioned you guys have bets of the week. I'm going to go with a nice little triple header here for my bet of the week. Let, let me let me know what you think. I'm going with the Bengals plus three and a half and over 53 points with the Texans and the or with the Titans, I should say, and the Jaguars. And then Cam Newton to be an anytime touchdown scorer on the Thursday night football. I think the only thing that's likely to let you down there is, and I applaud your, I'm a man who likes the outside bets, winning a bit of money. I don't believe the Jaguars will score a single point. Therefore, a 50-point over for the Titans is going to be very difficult to get. How dare you not believe in Michael Lennon? How dare you? <laughs> uh, I think for me, um, I'm going to take uh, Devontae Adams anytime touchdown. I have to dedicate that one to Connor Das because he has been betting Devontae Adams all year and it has been paying him dividends. So I'm going to put that on. I'm going to do a Cam Newton anytime. And I think my bet for tonight will be Rams minus five and a half. Okay. Well, guys, thanks for your bets. If you want to put them on, go ahead. And when you win all your money, you can thank us. Uh, over our social media pages which is facebook.com forward slash ASI podcast uh, we are also on Instagram at ASI podcast and we are also on Twitter at ASI 
underscore pod. If you want to send us some of your winnings, let us know and we will send you our PayPal link as well. I'm only joking about that last one. Uh, just before we go, I've mentioned it in every show. I'm going to continue to mention it up until the new year. We are moving podcast homes. We are going to be on the Dynamo Podcast Network from the 1st of January. Well, we already are there now, but we are still uploading stuff to our usual um, ASI podcast uh, hub. That will change. We will not be uploading there anymore from the 1st of January because I've just know I've been noticing the last couple of weeks, we still are getting a, a few more uh, people listening and streaming from there. So if you can't look up the Dynamo Podcast Network on Spotify or all good podcasting sites, it'll be there. We are going to be there. There's tons of other podcasts there to listen to as well, not just airs. You've got comic shows, you've got wrestling shows, you've got interviews, discussions, you know, all, all stuff that could keep anybody interested, whatever you like to listen to, uh, whichever way you like to listen to your podcasts. So that is all the time we have for this week. Jake, thank you so much. I hope you've enjoyed your first uh, ever podcast. Yeah, it was a ball. Thanks for having me. It was a, a, a lot of fun. Hopefully, uh, we were just gentle enough for you and it wasn't too tough on your uh, podcast, Bridgeunity. Fiona, as always, thank you. Thank you very much. And guys, we'll be back next week at the same time. So make sure you tune in and enjoy the weekend's action.